Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasco, of course, joined by my co-host, Kyle Taylor. It's a fantastic episode today. We've got a lot of great things to discuss, including self-driving vehicles, uh, the crypto boom, and a whole lot more, including a little bit later on in our episode with a special guest, Jim Nicholson, the VP of Operations from LoadSmart. Jim will be coming on a little bit later, so stay tuned. But before we get to that, uh, Kyle, how are you doing today? I feel like it's a whole new world. People are vaccinated. Yeah. People are going out and about. It's warm. It's spring. Freight's kind of slowing down just a little bit. Yeah. People aren't just like dying in the streets. The blood's not uh, out in, the, in right. the gutters right now. It's more so we've learned to maybe manage the chaos a little yeah, bit better. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. So it's definitely interesting because people yeah. are slowing down. We got a lot of, and it's spring break. Spring break too. Yeah, just what got, did you do for spring break yeah. in college? Yeah. College. I didn't go to college. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, a little hard knocks. Well, if it makes me feel better, I think I just like worked all through spring break. In college, yes. So. so, but as an adult, did just get back from Tulum, went to Mexico two weeks ago. That's true. So, um, and Brad Ganeen, also on the, the VP of the Sonar team, he uh, was uh, in Cancun just last week. Just the I think, is it, is it my turn to go? Probably not. Are you oh. not going to make it? But, not going to make it. Okay. But no, it's been a great time. So what do we talk? So pizza? Is pizza? Yeah, yeah. Well, well uh, okay. We, we're jumping ahead here, okay? Like, give me a minute. <laughs> Let me pretend that I'm a lot smarter. Let them think I'm smarter than I actually am, okay? Right. So... Um, yeah, so it's a headline. So we've been covering it. I mean, a lot of people have been covering it, but you know, you can obviously on Freightways we covered it too. Um, and so Domino's Pizza, uh, they're piloting a, in Texas um, driverless delivery with neuron autonomous cars, and it's specifically in Houston. And I think this is really interesting. Um, we've we we hear about the drone delivery thing. We hear about flying cars, like the future of tech and all that stuff. But there it is on the screen. So Neuro uh, is going to be the, the partner there, and that's a self-driving vehicle. And I think, honestly, this is a great bridge until drones are ready to start delivering, if and when we ever get to that point. You know, this car, it pulls out front. It lets you know you come and grab your, your pizza. dangerous. And what's dangerous about it? As if I didn't have a pizza curse already. I'm eating pizza at least, like, once a week. That's Do you think be- somebody, and I'm not saying I would do this, definitely not, but... They would order their pizza. It's kind of like the vending machine. You can kind of reach your hand in the cart, see if you can uh, put in a fake bill, pull it right back out. Yeah, not we'll, that we'll I've ever done that. Figure out how that how all that happens. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you, you, you try to like reach your hand up the vending machine. I, I would totally be doing that with hundred percent. Next thing I mean, you I know. wouldn't because that would be wrong, and you'd be stealing somebody's pizza. And that, that's a big part of it. Don't steal somebody's warm pizza. Yeah. Uh, but next thing you know, we're gonna have autonomous freight. Now you, yeah. now you got your pizza. Now let's get a couple pallets of some, uh, that's right. some maybe some frozen pizza yeah. delivered to your warehouse. You know, that's it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays. I've always been on the aspect of like the line haul aspect of just like, okay, what could be autonomous for uh, yeah. first? Which is like, like what I thought, well, DC to DC. Yeah. Maybe going across the longer interstates that don't have that much turning or capability of running into people. But uh, there's a handful of of autonomous uh, trucking companies that are already doing that right now. They obviously still have the driver in the cab and they do a lot of uh, the exit to exit. Right. So kind of, you know, the driver handles getting off the exit and getting on the the highway, obviously, and all the D.C. and parking stuff. But I think as that stuff becomes more mainstream, we'll start to see, you know, a lot more. Uh, trucks, you know, and the driver just kind of, you know, gets ready to to maybe handle all the parking, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, we'll see. Time will tell, obviously. Um, and one other thing, totally unrelated to freight, 
um, well, not completely unrelated, but mostly unrelated, is the crypto boom coin. For those crypto enthusiasts out there, Bitcoin, Ethereum, or whatever else you're in, yeah. uh, Dogecoin for some of uh, you, uh, looking at you, Timothy Duner. <laughs> but um, I have some as well. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and Coinbase, the largest U.S. cryptocurrency exchange, I believe the second largest cryptocurrency exchange in the world, only behind Binance, they went public today. So their IPO debut and they IPO'd at one point today during trading, I was looking, they had just touched over $100 billion valuations. And um, so almost as uh, much as Kyle makes in a year. And they've dipped down a not little wrong. bit since then. You are not Again, wrong. Uh, big news for the cryptocurrency space there. No, this is massive. I mean, if I'm, if I'm a broker, I am talking to every single one of my shippers and asking them to pay me in Bitcoin. 100%. Please. Like Please the Elon Musk, any any large brokerages like the I would, if I was like the CEO or like the finance guy, I would be putting that out on Twitter. Like, hey, happy to accept uh, Bitcoin as a currency and we'll be sure to keep that on the books. Leave us a comment down below if you are have some relation with your employer. Are they willing to pay you part of your salary or bonus or commission or what have you in cryptocurrency of your choosing? Let us know. I'd love to learn more about that. Right. It's at market value. So obviously it's at, just at, pay at me at market, market value, value and we'll just keep that on yeah. file. And you we'll assume all the risk, yeah. right? You could lose money there. Again, it's only a loss if you sell, not financial advice, of course, but yeah. you could also gain a lot as well. It's kind of like uh, kind of like being paid in in like, let's say, an index fund like the S&P right. 500. Right. You know, it's it forces you to invest over time. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. Uh, we've got some some good stuff in Sonar coming up. And yeah. we've got, uh, again, in just a moment, Jim Nicholson, stay tuned. VP of Operations from LoadSmart is going to be joining us, talking some really cool things, you know, about, you know, how to handle the volatility and how to communicate that and how to leverage those changes. Uh, before we get to that, let's talk about the chart of the week here. Yeah, where are we at in this in this wild, wild west of a freight market? You know, we were just talking about a, a little bit of just like this, kind of status quo from two weeks ago coming off of Q1. Uh, we felt like, at least we even saw it in our own data, but even mm -hmm. coming from the viewers here. Um, comment below, are you, are you feeling a little bit more softness? Is it easier to find a truck? That's, that's kind of what we've been hearing from a lot of the, the right. people that we work with on the sonar side. And so, but would love to hear from, from you all. And so this, this chart is actually speaks some significant words here. And, yeah. and so what we're gonna be looking at is the inbound um, Ocean TEUs, which is a proprietary data set. Blue to, line. Which is the blue line, which is a proprietary data set to us. So this is looking yep. at the bookings. So what's being uh, placed on the vessels at countries of origin. So these aren't things that are even close to be hitting our shores here in the United States. Right. So it has a 14 to 21 day lead time here before it really hits customs. And then what is that? What's that orange line, Luke? The orange line is the, in this case, the drive-in volume for truckloads emissions. So drive-in uh, volume levels in the United States. Yes. Um, again, we don't, we don't need to worry about the exact numbers right now. That stuff's not important. You know, w w when we're comparing TEUs to truckload volume, obviously what we're really looking at is the directional correlation there. And you can see that blue line, which is the TEU import volume, as that goes up, that really fuels the dry van market in the United States from a demand right. perspective. And obviously, you know, we saw that really big peak there in October, Yep. Or right at the beginning of October, end of September, we cooled off a little bit. And I'd use the word cool almost ironically because it's still significantly higher than where it was this like a year ago. But 
you know, relative to where it was at that peak there in the end of September, early October. But then we, we've, we've started to go back on the rise again here. Now that we're entering Q2 or we're in Q2, and that white line you see there all the way on the right might be a little bit difficult to see. We'll zoom in just a little bit there for you. As you can see, that white line is the forecast. So it looks like it's expected to go up even further. And again, yep. that would fuel that orange line or the drive-in volume, right? Yeah, and just remember though, for those looking at this chart, trying to find those correlations, that orange line is technically behind. It's a lagging indicator to what that blue line is. So yeah. what we're looking at at the blue line is what's preparing to just be shipped our way. So seeing that the that blue spike is coming up is really indicative of there's more volumes coming our way and there's gonna be more truckload volumes. Now, not every container goes directly into truckload. A lot of it does go onto rail, but when we're talking about supplying or re, um, getting inventory levels back up to where they should be or where we need them to be to set up for uh, summer and getting into retail season towards the end of the year, that's a necessity. Yes. And that's gonna, you know, when we're talking about DC to DC transfers, that's all truckload, man. And yes. we're talking about parts that go into making products that then finally get sent via truckload. I mean, about 80% of, any, of anything that comes in a container eventually hits a, a truckload. Yes. Now, it doesn't go directly from port to truckload, but, you know, everything really affects that. Yes. No, you're, you're absolutely spot on. It's, it, it, there, there's a ton of that volume that fuels the drive-in space. And, and, and really, I mean, as, as Zach Strickland said it here at Freightways, right? One of, one of the really smart gurus here at Freightways does a ton of the anal, analyzing of the data. You know, he broke it down and, and he's expecting that this summer is going to be one of the hottest freight markets that we've ever had. Put your sunscreen on. Put your sunscreen on, baby. I mean, as this import volume continues to go up, that's only going to fuel. I mean, that freight has to move over the road, right? It can't just sit at the ports uh, forever. But anyways, we've got a special guest here coming up. Oh, I'm super pumped for this. Come on. Here um, we go. So uh, Jim Nicholson, the VP of operations at LoadSmart, also a current Sonar subscriber. Um, Jim, are you, are you on the line here? Can you hear us? I can hear you. Yeah. I, I have to say, before we get into this, uh, the wonderful uh, Freightwaves crew, production crew. So conveniently, my internet cut out about 10 minutes before going on here. So uh, the things that most of us don't see that happen behind the scenes, the Freightwaves crew scrambling with me uh, to get this going. But but uh, I think we're good to go here now. So love the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. That's awesome. Glad to have you here. What did they, you know, they, did, they didn't send you all the way back to dial-up, did they? <laughs> it was... Uh, we were going that direction, but uh, now I got my iPhone and my iPhone propped up. So uh, you make do, right? So. Hey, don't worry. My guy over here, Luke, has done that a numerous amount of times. And you would have thought that <laughs> he would have a nice setup at home. But trust me, it's not the first time. won't be the last. Yeah, we, we the glamour, the, the load smart background. I had everything going just, uh, but you got to roll with the punches. So uh, looking forward, though. That's awesome. awesome. No, I mean, you've got you've got the great beams inside the home, you know, the wood beams going <laughs> across the ceiling, a little bit of the chandelier action there. It's great. You know, your setup got the elo eloquent uh, set up very eloquently. Um, well, well, Jim, I think what would be great. Just give us get for folks watching who, who aren't familiar with you um, or, or your company. Maybe, maybe they aren't. Uh, give us the 30 second background on yourself and, and load smart. Absolutely. So uh, Jim Nicholson, uh, pleased to be here. Uh, I'm the Vice President of Operations for, for LoadSmart. Uh, who is LoadSmart? We are a digital freight company, uh, and really our focus is bringing technology to both shippers and carriers uh, to optimize 
really logistics execution across multi-modes. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So, Jim, um, there's been a lot of changes, obviously, in the market. Before we talk about, you know, where where those changes may be going in the future, right, as we, as we look to the summer, as we look towards the rest of Q2 and Q3, um, tell us a little bit about how you guys at LoadSmart have have pivoted during this volatile time. Let's go, let's rewind the clock just over a year ago. You know, what what were you guys doing? How did how did you manage a lot of the changes that happened? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's a great question for for all of us in this logistics space, uh, but specific specifically on, on the digital side. Uh, I do chuckle because I go back to last uh, last June and uh, we remember, you know, you had that first wave, which was what we call the essentials uh, surge, right? In March and uh, then we dropped off dramatically in April and uh, June saw this 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 rise in both the rates and and tender rejects and uh, it was unsustainable, right? I mean, people you had you had layoffs, you had there's a dire outlook. This isn't gonna continue. Uh, and I, I just remember working with my pricing team, our ops leads, uh, and just saying, "Hey guys, this will you know I think this will this will stabilize in June in in, uh, in Ju- July and August into the summer months." Uh, and then let's fast forward, right, to nine months later, and uh, we're we're still near all-time highs, right, that have even increased through Q1. Uh, but you know, from LoadSmart, we this has been a great opportunity for our business, right? And uh, there, the capacity challenges have been real, uh, and so any way that shippers can uh, find opportunities to to find capacity, uh, and and that's our bread and butter, right? Is 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 integrating into systems, connecting. Um, so it's been a really, a really great opportunity for us to accelerate our business um, and create that visibility that they're looking for. So uh, really, you know, throughout the volatility, um, what's the most important is, you know, we, we've invested a ton uh, in, in really our, our pricing strategy. And if you, you guys think about this, our business is, is different. We don't have a floor of, you know, hundreds of, of sales reps that are actively negotiating and, talk, you know, haggling with, with shippers. 85% of our business is programmatic um, and it's through integrations with customers. So the, the, uh, how important pricing is in our business for everyone, but in our business uh, is, is paramount, right? So navigating the volatility forced, you know, and we've, we feel like we, we have an edge here because we've been researching this for, uh, for years now. And, and 40% of our team is data scientists and uh, partnerships of bringing data into our ecosystem has been really important, but uh, the days of relying on rate data that's lagging uh, is it's just behind us, right? It has to be data that we're bringing in in a certain way uh, and finding out finding ways to use that data effectively. And um, we feel like we've we've built some good partnerships with with folks, you know, Sonar certainly being one of them, uh, to really build our product uh, to go to market and really provide value for shippers. That's great, Jim. You you said something here, and I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you meant to say it or not. But what I heard was, there's, there there was a lot of good information in there. And one of the things that I heard was you you were using like you, obviously you have a 40 percent of your team is data scientists, right? And then you also mentioned that you know you know there's rate data that that lags obviously, and that can be difficult to make changes in in times of volatility. And then you also have you don't do a lot of negotiating with your with your customers. You you look at tender rejections a lot. How would you say that you have an edge over say a traditional brokerage because it sounds like you're not relying on 
you know, those, those extreme changes for, from negotiating purposes. And what I mean by that is when times of volatility happen, I think brokers, myself included, I used to be one, tend to get very emotional with their pricing. It's kind of like when you sure. see big swings, especially swings that you're not used to, you kind of start to, to want to make knee-jerk reactions. Paper hands. Paper hands, yep. as, they, as they call it, I guess, mm -hmm. in the crypto space, right? Have diamond hands. <laughs> um, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you make changes, I guess? How do you make communication or communicate to your customers in a way that is trying to be reflective of the market and not necessarily emotion-driven when it comes to pricing? Is that a challenge you guys have had to over overcome? No, to be honest with you, I think that's where, you know, from a digital side of things, taking even a step back, uh, think about, you know, I hear a lot of times people say Auto automation, we're 100% automated. I don't know what that means, right? I mean, you have to break this down into the, the different elements of a transaction from, uh, you know, what we call as quote and book, which is instant pricing, uh, and then tender and load creation, and then sourcing capacity, uh, tracking, uh, and then settlement, right? There's all these different elements that, you know, if you think, if you throw out broad, you know, conceptual ideas of just percent automation, no, but as you're able to automate, and that's, that's really our focus as a business, um, is, is automating as much and digitizing all of these different factors uh, that now think about your, your account managers. And it's, people are in this business, it's important, uh, but it's the role they play, right? And so I, I think automation, uh, almost tends to lean towards like cost, right? And cost reduction, but there's a huge value add. Uh, so I, we feel empowered because we have the opportunity, opportunity to, to automate a lot of these processes uh, that essentially gives our, uh, you know, our customer success account management team uh, the opportunity to actually be consulted with customers. We, we, we hear that all the time, but is it, does it actually happen? Uh, or are we spending a lot of our time getting a quote request, manually quoting it, trying to find the rate, looking at all these recent tools to try to figure out what the best one is, maybe talk to our ops team? Uh, no, we don't need to do that, right? So, uh, and then that pivot it allows us to uh, use, you know, I think we talk about data and how do you communicate to customers. Uh, it's, you know, on the data side, we're using data to to price and programmatically do these things, but that allows us to do different things. And data insights uh, on the shipper community is continue, continues to be an opportunity. This is something I've been in this business for a long time, probably too long, uh, <laughs> but it's always baffled me how, uh, you know, even senior level folks in this industry, whether it's on the, on the trucking, uh, logistics, shipper side, uh, they're starving for information, right? And now we have this, fast forward to where we're at now, which there's a ton of data out there, right? And, um, but, you know, we think about data in terms of how do you absorb the data? How do you actually articulate it? How do you understand it? And how do you take action, right? So we want, we want our team that's really cultivated the relationships and, and create value for the shippers uh, to use the data in that way versus spend all of their time uh, trying to do these tasks that just don't, don't need to be manual tasks. So, so we feel uh, we're positioned better than anyone uh, to actually create value for the customer using data. Awesome. And so how have you seen your operations team kind of relay that message, let's say a year ago to today? How is, how is from an operational standpoint, how have you developed that message and made it actionable for your team? Yeah. So, I, and I think that's a great point, right? And um, I, I think you need to have, right, the sources of data and, and not just data, but 
uh, industry um, industry knowledge that has to be just a part of your DNA as an organization, right? We are we are in the logistics space. We're a tech you know we're a tech company, uh, but we have to be very grounded in what's going on in this business on a day to day basis and what are the factors that are driving this business. Um, and you know, again, I'm going to lean towards you know this partnership. We 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 have strategic partnerships, and that's you know that's enabled us to grow the business. Uh, and that goes to the vendor side, right? The vendor side and and and, and Sonar and Freightways has been a great partner of ours. Uh, but that's ingrained, right? I, I mean, we are talking about uh, tender volumes, tender rejects. We're talking about uh, you know, I go even on the supply side, right? I'm trying to understand what's going on in supply and outlook. Uh, FCFH, you know, TCFH in terms of truck count, fleet counts uh, of four hire fleets, that helps us a ton. People understand these things in our business. Uh, our team does, right? This isn't just, you know, the, the strategy, the planning, uh, you know, the, the executive team that kind of understands these concepts. We're talking about this constantly. We're sharing data. Uh, we're training the team to really understand how to use the data to have a conversation. Uh, and it has to be proactive. Right. I, I think this business, this industry uh, has been so reactive for so long uh, that there is tools and data now that you can truly predict, anticipate movements, what's going to come. Right. And I hear you guys talk about Strickland and, you know, outlooks for Q2. Uh, absolutely. There's going to be a lot of volatility. Right. But we, we know that because uh, look at trends in terms of, you know, annual year over year trends in terms of rejections, volumes. Uh, we know that road checks coming up in early May, right? That's going to create volatility. We, these are things we can predict, but it's, uh, it's just been such a reactive in, in industry. And uh, really, I think the industry has been challenged in terms of uh, not just the data, but how do you use the data, right? I, and I, I continue to see uh, a disconnect in terms of how people try to use this data. That's a really good point, Jim. I think for a long time, um, there hasn't been a ton of data available for for everybody, right? You, you have a couple of the really, really large carriers out there, or maybe some of the really large brokerages. Um, and and they, they've had some good data into their own networks, obviously, but there hasn't really been a, a single source of truth, if you will, uh, for a long time. And, and, and depending on what part of the market you're trying to see, there, there may never be a single source of truth. But I think there, there's a lot more resources today than there was even just two, three, four years ago. Um, that allow people to see a bigger picture of the market. And to your point, that gives us kind of like, hey, what do you do with that information? I didn't used to have this. Now I don't know how to use it, but I know it's cool. It, well, it comes down to culture. I mean, you're talking that, about that spot on. If this is how we're now onboarding new, new employees, if this is how we're able to portray, hey, here's why capacity. You could be as green as green can be. Never even seen a truck before. Well, you had to have seen a truck, but never moved a truck before in your life. And now you're coming into this logistics business as most people do. I mean, when you and me came in, I, I never had logistics experience when I started brokering freight. I was just told, hey, here's a dial of truck login. Let's get after it. Throw 200 bucks on it. And it was like, aye, aye, captain. Like, <laughs> like let's, let's get after it. And I felt like I was kind of forward thinking as well at the time. I was, and, and to be honest, I wasn't. And so is that how you're also looking at onboarding? And, and that's how you're, you know, just ingraining it in every employee you now have? Yeah, absolutely, right. And and so our, our stance is, you know, we we absorb data through uh, through APIs, through integrations. Our our data science team and machine learning really understands how the how that data moves uh, and, and impacts, you know, pricing. We leverage that with 
actual carry direct pricing now, which we're seeing some really interesting momentum, uh, not just in this whole arbitrage game of uh, really trying to, to fine tune your pricing and play this, you know, the brokerage spot, but truly transparency, right, that you can leverage now really interesting data visibility from from uh, from the capacity side that has been slower uh, to to evolve, but that's moving really quickly uh, as we see a lot more carriers transitioning from uh, from on-prem to cloud-based that we can connect into and get a lot more visibility to it. Uh, so, so we we absorb that data def- definitely programmatically. That that gives us, I think, a lot of control uh, in terms of manipulating and and using using more uh, decisions from uh, you know from our data scientist team versus uh, someone on the floor that just started two weeks ago, right? So it's it's a hybrid of of using it you know from in a fashion that's using uh, integrations, but also uh, just again ingrained in the culture, the company culture. Uh, to really be able to use data insights, data insights combining right the the sonar data, the the market data with customer specific data of yeah. you know dwell time and, and facility issues that they're having. Uh, it's or in its infancy in the industry, and that's something we're pushing heavy because shippers crave it. Uh, yeah. They haven't been able to get it. The data is out there, but it's all these different places. Uh, so it's our obligation, I think, as logistics providers and tech providers. Uh, to be able to piece this together and really help them figure out how to make their business better. That's awesome. And so we got just a couple minutes left here, but sure. really wanted to just leave it on this note. You know, we saw last year convert to you know what we ha- what we saw last year, meaning more people are needing more information, more data, more kind of reasoning behind the decisions that we're making. How do you see, at least from your own team, you guys change to 2022 this time? You know, what, what are you trying to get better at? What do you think it would, will be the kind of ne- the needle mover for LoadSmart? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I talked a little bit about the capacity side, right? So it's it's creating value. It's getting it's penetrating deeper, creating value for shippers uh, and, and pushing into different areas and, and service offerings. Uh, we see a big gap in multimodal, right? That uh, from a digitization perspective, right? You think about LTL, partial truckload, uh, volume truckload, rail. Uh, flatbed. Flatbed is incredibly underserved from a technology perspective, and it's a massive market uh, that has massive demand, right? Flatbed, you know, tender rejections in the last six weeks have gone from 13 to 26, right? Crazy demand. Uh, but there's a huge gap in the marketplace in terms of actually connecting capacity to shippers, right? We've done this now uh, and seen wild, wild success with it. So it's it's baffling to see the different corners of the market that really are underserved, underserved from a, a technology perspective. Uh, and then on the on the carrier side, right? Again, we're seeing really interesting movement uh, that has been a bit sluggish, uh, but really connecting into into that the planning software because look at ten years from now, fifteen years, you know, our carrier is going to be uh, calling, you know, calling on loads, doing the stuff they're doing. It's just not going to happen, right? So. Uh, the movement is happening now, and we're really excited about uh, what's going to happen in the next few few years in terms of uh, really, really connecting uh, more effectively. So, so we're excited. Uh, we got some nice funding last year, and uh, we're deploying that capital in both areas to really bring it all together. That's awesome, Jim. Uh, Jim, absolutely fantastic to have you here. We're pretty much at the end of time. Um, I guess one last thing here, if, if folks want to get in touch with you to learn more, uh, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Reach out to me via LinkedIn uh, or Twitter, right? I'm on the social channels, uh, not not quite Instagram quite yet, but uh, reach out to me. <laughs> would love to chat. Uh, and listen, guys, love the show. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. 
fantastic. Glad to have you, Jim. Have a great day. You too. Awesome. What a, what a, what a stud. I mean, so let's just recap what, what the heck just happened, Kyle. Like, holy crap. We just got hit with, like, this, this LoadSmart is such a forward-thinking company. They and they, I mean, they're, I mean, 40% of their team is data staffing. I mean, I've I've never heard that from a brokerage perspective. Never. And so, you know, for those of you guys watching, you know, it may be a little bit. Well, we don't. I don't even have one data guy. Right. Like, and, and so just just so you guys know, that they are on that spectrum of just give me the data, we'll take care of it. Right. But just know that Sonar. It, it's why we have the user interface. That's why we have the charts that we're looking at. Right. So that companies that don't have maybe that tech staffing um, to back them up. We still have so many different ways that you can ingest this information just from your computer so that you can you know, make better decisions. And something that 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 that, that comes down to and that he said that they're that they're doing. And I understand this is very difficult for folks in the industry to, to grasp because, you know, it's a complete pivot is, you know, people are really, really good at building relationships. Right. Let them build relationships. That's what they're good at. Right. Computers are good at you know, at algorithms. Computers are good at predicting things. Computers are good at repetitive tasks. Let them handle that. They take emotion out of it. Um, also, real quick, um, got my new uh, Modern Shipper vest on here. Check it out. New, it's absolutely new fantastic. You can go to Freightways.com to see the Modern Shipper. Um, but with that, we are out of time. So it's been an absolute fantastic episode. We will see you next Wednesday live at 3.30.